Good evening, I'm Rick Dancer. Welcome to Get Real with Rick Dancer. And we are brought to you tonight by Chris Dental Family Dentistry. I just got my teeth cleaned yesterday by Chris Dental's staff. They're awesome, they did a great job. Also, any lab test now, where they do over 8,000 different tests um, from blood tests to STD testing to pregnancy testing. Uh, you don't have to go to your doctor with that extra appointment. You can just go straight to them and get that done. And we're also brought to you by Bucks Sanitary Service because the buck stops here. Um, I'm really excited for tonight's show um, because I've got a guy, you know, there's a lot of, as you get older, what you realize is people pay in our country, pay less and less attention to you. Um, people write you off because you're a boomer or because you're old. Um, cultures, Native American, Asian cultures revere the old. Uh, the elders in the community. And there's a reason for that because they have great wisdom. And, and I'm not saying I'm one of them. <laughs> I'm working on my wisdom right now. But recently I was um, shooting a video on a project and uh, met for the first time, which I can't believe it's the first time I've met Herb Yamanaka. Uh, he works at the University of Oregon. He's 86 years old and he still works at the University of Oregon. And I met him because he's part of this video I'm shooting. And I said, oh, my gosh, Herb, you have to come on my show. I want you to talk about these issues because we got off. If you've ever met with me, you know that I'm pretty big on getting off on tangents, like I'm supposed to be on a topic, but it doesn't happen because I get kind of off because I get into conversations. So uh, anyway, I'm going to bring Herb on. So Herb, here you go. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, Rick. Thank you. Oh, man, it's so good to have you on here. So tell people what you did and do uh, for the University of First, how long have you worked at the U of O? Well, I started in 1960, so it's been quite a few years. And you have been around the Autzens, the Casanovas, the, all the names, the big names in football at the university and stuff. You've, you've known all those people. Absolutely. Yes. So tell people how you, you, cause you started off as kind of, you told me as kind of a gopher. Uh, yeah, I was a gopher. I may, may still be a gopher. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you are a gopher who truly has a lot of clout. You wouldn't say that, but I would say that you're a relationship builder and I'm going to say if half the stuff of the university wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you working behind the scenes, having relationships with these these people. Well, that's giving too much credit to one person, Rick. Uh, I've had great mentors and they taught me well and I've served them to the best of my ability. But your proof that somebody that comes in and starts at the bottom really builds a foundation and you become um, valuable because you're an asset to the U of O because you didn't seek the top job. You took this other job and it turns out you lasted longer than everybody else did. I'm, I'm still here. Yes. But uh, I, I'm, ve I'm very fortunate because I had great leaders who gave me jobs to do that I could perform and allowed me to do what I do best is to serve people. Why is serving people so important, Herb? I think it's part of my culture, Rick. Uh, I was brought up to uh, 
respect your elders and do what they ask you to do and uh, not bring shame or uh, embarrassment to the family. So I've been brought up that way. So let's talk about, so you're Japanese, right? Yes. But you were born where? In Kona, Hawaii. Okay. So you were born in the United States. Yes. You're, so you're Japanese American, but yes. you grew up during, your parents uh, grew up during the war. Yes, as I did too. Yes. Oh yeah, you did too, because you're 86. Yeah. yeah, so you did too. So well, yeah. talk to me, talk to me about shame and honor. Because I think in our culture today, we've lost that sense of shame and honor. Um, and, and maybe for the wrong reasons, but because maybe we attach the wrong thing to them. In your culture, what does shame and honor do for you? Well, being a, in Japanese ancestry, uh, you, your parents teach you that you, you shouldn't bring any dishonor to the family. Uh, you don't do things for your wealth, rank, or honor, but you do it because it's your personal deed and character. So every day, every performance, every job that you do, you do your very, very best so that you don't bring, bring embarrassment to the family. You're kind of brought up that way. Not that you, you do it perfectly every day. We're all human beings. We, we are imperfect, but we try to do our best and bring honor. Why do you think that's so important, Herb? Well, it's, it's a culture uh, that uh, been inbred to us at, at, from a child on. And sometimes you have glitches, but you always know which way is the right way. And you always try to go in that direction. Now, what about shame? Because when you and I were talking, we were having a discussion about shame. And I think shame in our culture, especially in the United States, is seen as a bad thing because you, you don't want to shame people. But to kind of, kind of explain from a Japanese culture what, what that really means to you folks. Well, uh, you know, you don't want to bring embarrassment, but you also have to understand that as you perform in life, you're going to have bumps and bruises. And you're not perfect, but you're going to learn what is the right way. So as you stumble, you want to find out how you can perform better to do the job better that uh, you do it to the, your satisfaction. So what is your secret? What do, why do you think, um, did you, do you just know who you are? What, 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 as an 86 year old guy who's still working, um, still doing the job, wasn't it Casanova who you, you wanted to be the athletic director at one point <laughs> at the well, U of O? Tell, well, that, tell that story. Well, uh, there was an opening for athletic directorship. So having uh, worked with and for Cas for all those years, I said, Cas, uh, there's an opening for the athletic directorship. Would you put my name in uh, uh, and sponsor me? He talked for a minute and said, no, not really. And I said, well, Kaz, why? I, I work so hard. You say I do a good job. And he says, honestly, uh, you need to be more polished, more refinement. You need to speak better, uh, on and on. And he said, you do a lot of things well, but you're not the quality of an athletic director in his opinion. And he said, if you take care of the things you do well, like taking care of the coaches, the student athletes, and your constituents, you'll be here a very long time, 
and you'll be a happy person and so would your uh, people that you serve and I'm still here. Right. And if you'd been the athletic director, you would probably have been gone within a year or two. I would um, be out. Yes. Yes. So he what does when, when you look at um, let's talk about like racism right now. So right now, racism against Asian people is on the rise and people are really concerned about it. What do you see? Well, uh, it, it is on the rise and it's too bad that uh, this life is the way it is right now, but it is not new, uh, Rick. Uh, in 1941, during the attack on Pearl Harbor, we immediately found out that uh, because of your ancestry, people are prejudiced. And the Germans, the Italians and Japanese were persecuted in different ways and we quickly learned about prejudice. What did you what did you experience? Because didn't your father did he fight? Was he in the war? Was did he fight in the war? Does he have service? Did he serve? No, he, uh, he was too old to be drafted, but I had uh, uncles and uh, other relatives that served. So what? So what happened to you after the war? Your family. Well, uh, you know, in Hawaii, uh, it was a little bit different than the West Coast here. In the West Coast, if you're Japanese ancestry, you were all taken to a concentration camp. Uh, in Hawaii, they just took the male of the house and sent them uh, to camp and left the uh, mother and the children there. So who left your house? Who was gone? Well, uh, my father was not uh, taken, but my uh Cousin's grandfather was uh, handcuffed and taken to uh, a camp, and our next door neighbor, uh, his son, who was a sergeant in the police department, had to arrest his father, put him in the paddy wagon, and sent him, sent him to Santa Fe, New Mexico. So what does that do to you? Well, it, you know, I was seven years old, so it, it was hard for me to totally understand why uh, they were doing this. And I, I felt like uh, it shouldn't be done, but I had no power or no understanding. But it took a long time after the war to begin to understand the persecution and everything. It was not right. And through education, we should help people understand that this should never happen again. So what did it feel like? Did people stare at you? like, Or did you feel like you were um, like, because there was a war against Japan that you were, that everybody assumed, okay, he's Japanese. So he's got to be the enemy. That is correct. Yes. Uh, they, they said uh, nasty things against you and everything else, but we had to be bigger than they and to perform to the place where they would understand that we are better. So how do you do that? What were you, what, what do you learn from that Herb? Well, you know, the first thing we did was, we try to get better grades and the uh, people ridiculing you and everything else. Uh, you try to do things athletically that would outperform them. Uh, and in the uh, civic duties, you try to volunteer for things to prove that you're worthy. So should you have to do that? Well, we, we all did uh, to the best of our ability. There were others who were better. But we all, instead of saying, you owe me this or you shouldn't do that, we did it by performance.
So how do you do that, Herb? I mean, it's, you know what I mean? I'm, I, I just, cause I see a culture today where we're, um, it's, it's just like, it's so bad right now in terms of racism against everyone. And, and I feel like, how do you keep from getting bitter and angry? Um, it, you know, in, in the face of all that. I, I think education is the key to the whole thing. In my, in my opinion, uh, you could go and get mad and say, I'm going to shoot somebody or do whatever people want to do uh, today. But if, if you through education say, you know what, we got to be smarter. There's a way to analyze this thing. We can, we can work through this together and through education and working hard, uh, I think you, you you can work through it. So Herb, what, if you were sitting there and you could have a conversation with people that, and, and see, you see what's going on right now in yes. our culture, what, what would you say? And, and because you know what, it doesn't matter that it's your opinion because you're 86 and you have some sage uh, wisdom there. I want to know what you think, um, even to a white guy like me, what do, what do we do to, to try to make this better? Well, you know, I wish I had the answer to that. Uh, I, I wouldn't be sitting here. I'd be sitting somewhere else. But uh, I, I, I think that we need, we need to all get it together and say, what's causing this and how can we uh, diffuse it and then work together and find ways that we can do that. Uh, that's where you start. I don't have the whole answer, but the, I think that's how you started. So do you think that the right now it feels like, and I'm just, these are my words, but it feels like we're pointing a lot of fingers and you know what I mean? And yes. rather than going, okay, so look, I'm a white dude and you're an Asian American and yes. we're having a conversation and we, that, don't you think it starts also with relationship? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. You have to build a, a lasting relationship uh, with high integrity that they know that you're not sending a lot of BS out there, but you mean what you say. Absolutely. So what if, um, when you see this uh, kind of new or re revised racism against Asian Americans. Um, what would you say to a kid at college? Like you're sitting there talking to somebody at college who's from, uh, from, from Japan or from, you know, it just, it just looks Asian because they are, what would you say to them in terms of if they're feeling threatened um, by people? What, what would you say, Herb? What's, what's your best advice? Well, I, you know, I, I, first of all, try to let them understand that, you understand what they're going through and uh, try to work out situations where you build a relationship that they believe in you and you can work together. But you have to have a relationship of belief. Belief in what? In whatever you want, uh, the, the culture, the education, everything that you do, if you have a relationship, you can build a lot faster. Do you think it's under, did, did you have, I mean, is it part of your DNA that you are, I mean, cause you're one of the kindest people. And I think that you really, um, you, you really kind of look past some things. Do you, you know what I'm saying, Herb? Like you're very forgiving. Yes. Okay. 
and and so maybe that's an attitude that we as people could be don't take things i i've been trying to be really careful but i think sometimes all of us like right now white people feel like okay as a white male i don't have much of a voice anymore well for me personally when you say what you're saying i'm thinking you know what i still have my voice and and because of my color of my skin that, that may discount me from some conversations to some people, but I'm not going to shut up and I'm going to stay involved in the conversation and I'm going to be kind about it, but I'm also going to be firm because yeah. I want, I want to be part of a solution. And isn't that what, how this works is if you and I are talking together and just at least saying what we're talking about saying, yes, we acknowledge there's racism towards Japanese Americans and Asian Americans and black Americans and now white Americans. And I mean, we're all doing this and I'm so, I'm so tired of it. You know, Rick, dialogue goes both ways. It's like a telephone. It rings both ways. And if you don't communicate, you, you can't solve the situation. So you have a voice and I have a voice. We build a relationship and we listen to each other and we try to solve the situation through education. You know what I think it happens is, is Herb, is my thought is, just as we're sitting here talking, is maybe what we've gotten, we understand is we all have a voice. Um, and maybe that's the part that we're afraid of is we're trying to shut people down. You don't get a voice anymore because I've never had a voice. I think the part that we're failing at is the listening. Um, because how do you ever get to the, your third position that you're talking about, which is coming up with a solution if we're not listening to one another um, in these conversations? Absolutely correct. If only one person talks and the other one doesn't say anything, you can't solve the situation. Uh, you have to work together. Absolutely. I have to understand what your feeling is and you have to understand my feelings and why I feel that way. And if we can kind of get into each other to the place where we have an opening and understanding, we can come up with a solution. So do you feel like right now with the, the, the kind of the re, revised racism against Asian Americans, do you feel that or do you experience that in this community yourself? Yes, uh, I absolutely uh, feel, uh, have that feeling. And there's certain areas of uh town that I do not like to frequent alone or anything. And that's because of it. Yes. What is that? What do you think they're thinking? You know, I, I, I don't uh, really understand or know what they're thinking, but I know what I'm thinking. I, I want to be uh, innovative and, uh, you know, to the place where I want to avoid situations where I don't get into a situation that I, I don't want to be in. When you were working at, I mean, you're still working at the U of O, but in your in your days at the U of O, did you experience any kind of racism or treated differently because of your race, do you think? Um, not really. No. There's a noise here. Uh, oh, it's, uh, my, it's my train. Oh, it's your train. Okay. You're hearing my train go by. I have my own train, Herb. It's, I, I'm pretty important. <laughs> hey. Really quickly, somebody asked on here, um, they can ask questions. Somebody said, who's the most interesting person that you got to meet at the U of O? Most interesting person. Uh, you know, uh, I would say that the, my professors were the most interesting because uh, they taught me so much of what I wanted to find out. And uh, one of my favorite professors was a, a histologist 
and the other one was an endocrinologist and they taught me so much. Uh, I was so impressed. I've always remembered them and I, I would do anything for them, but I was totally impressed. Yes. So did you attend the U of O as a student? Yes, I have. Uh, yes. I didn't know that. So yes. you graduated, you graduated from the U of O. With a degree in biology, yes. And, and your, and your life was one of service. It just yeah. shows, what was it about biology that interested you so much, Herb? Well, you know, I, I, I want to know why cells divided. I want to know why plants uh, got roots and how you can air layer things and have food on the trees the next year from another plant. Uh, I was always curious why it grew. And uh, my interest, I think, was in research, in medical research. And I wanted to uh, work for like a Upjohn Pharmaceutical Company or something to find a cure for cancer or whatever kind of illness. And little did I know that the, the office I had uh, while working at the university and in the military was uh, in the pathology lab, was working with dead or uh, animals that were dying. So I quickly learned that I, I wanted a job that was more uh, with life and happiness and enthusiasm and energy instead of dying. So I quickly got out of uh, pathology and got into athletics. So one of the gentlemen on here, Richard, and I'm going to read the comment. He says, I don't understand this renewed racism against Asians. I can't wrap my mind around it. Is it real or a media construct? I, if real, why? I can't think of a single reason to be biased against an Asian. I'm reasonably intelligent, but I can't comprehend this. My understanding uh, and my interpretation may be wrong, but I think because of the uh, COVID, uh, uh, where it originated from is an Asian country. And that's, uh, they're retaliating against uh, the Asians because they feel they brought it over here and that's why they're retaliating. Right. I think that's what I've understood, too, is because it uh, may have originated in China, yes. um, that then people are looking at Asian American Asians and saying, yes. this came from you. Just like my wife's family's from uh, her grandmother was from Germany and her grandfather and their whole family was German. And they moved here after the war. And they were treated differently in their community and had to watch what they did because people would look at them because they heard their accent. And we are really not very tolerant human human beings, are we, Herb? No, no, we're not. We're not. Uh, it's too bad that we're not that way. Yeah. Of course, you know, I looked up the definition recently of tolerance and I decided I don't want to be a tolerant person either. Because for me to talk, I don't want to tolerate you, Herb. I want to love you. And I think tolerating sounds like, oh, I'll put up with you. But it's like, I don't want to put up with anybody. I want to enjoy. Is that what the secret is for you is because you're kind of like a human miner. You know what I mean? You go in and you dig into people's souls and you find out all the wonderful things about them. And then you look at the positive about people. Don't you think? Uh, that's called building relationships and understanding people and not asking them to do something that you want them to do, but asking them, is there something you can do for them? 
Now, now you you over the years because you've raised. Do you have any idea how much money you help raise for the U of O? No, I don't count that. No, I, I just <laughs> but, try to help somebody every day. But it was mil. I mean, it was a lot of money, and yeah. you you were the relationship man, and so you had you hung out with all these people that we just know as names, like the Otsons and and the Casanovas and you know Rich Brooks and Galatis and all these people like that. But and and while I know you really admire these people you're not starstruck by anybody no i i was uh, my mentor was a uh, land casanova and he always taught me that uh you, you don't do something for wealth rank or honor but you do it because it's your personal deed and character so uh, regardless who the person is if your philosophy is uh, on sound ground you'll be fine do you think people in general uh maybe ha have a prejudice or a misjudgment towards the wealthy too? I, I think so. Uh, they, they wish that they, they had the wealth that the other people have, but you have to earn that. Uh, you just can't demand it. And you have to respect uh, that those who work for it and ha have what they have. Because what people forget is like the, one of the videos that we're working on is Ermin Justina uh, yes. and how much he did in this community that people do not know about, they don't maybe even know the name, but I mean, his fingerprint is on so many aspects of that university and this community that it wouldn't be the same place without it. And yet, I think a lot of times people take, especially timber people who have money and kind of throw them under the bus because they don't take the time to understand. And that's a form of a prejudice, I think. It, it is, it is, yes. So, so who was the person? So Lynn Casanova and Margaret, they were the ones you worked with. That That's kind of your, um, not your favorite, but that's really your mentor, right? Absolutely correct. Uh, and and um, do you have a funny story about, oh, tell them the one about the, um, oh, remember the car? Like, can you tell that? Do you remember the story I'm talking about? Uh, well, tell me a funny story. Tell me a funny Cat Lynn Casanova story. Well, uh, <laughs> that you won't get in trouble from because he, no. he he probably still has his finger on God and he can get you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Kaz had a courtesy car and um, he, he, he changed as smoker. So he would drop uh, cigarette butts on the car and burn a hole in the seat and everything. And, the dealer says, uh, Herb, uh, we need the car back. And I said, well, why? He says, well, you know, there's a burnt hole in the seat, and there's scratches on the car and everything else. And so I, we took the car back to the dealership and uh, cast through the car, uh, keys on the desk. And he says, hey, uh, I, know, I know why uh, we're here. You're trying to kill me. And the guy said, no, Kaz, we're not trying to kill you. He said, yes, if you take the car away from me, uh, I'm going to die. He said, look, Kaz, you keep the car. So we went back and my phone was ringing. And I said, hey, this is Bill. I don't care how you do it. Just get the car back to me by 5 o'clock this afternoon. So we did. And uh, so a few months later, we went to the club. And uh, Ehrman says, uh, hey, Kaz, I haven't seen you around. What's happening? He said, you see this guy? 
he took my car away. That's why I can't come to the club to have lunch with you. And Urban kind of winked at me. He made a few phone calls. And next thing I know, uh, the athletic director had a cab waiting for Kaz to come to work and take him home every day that he wanted to come to work. And we never saw a bill for it. So have you had a good life? Excellent. Like I wouldn't do it uh, anything different uh, if I had to do it again. What is your definition of happiness? To serve somebody in the morning and serve somebody in the afternoon. And I'm happy. If you had, if you were sitting with a 20, <clears throat> excuse me, 20 something year old kid <clears throat> who wants to have instant gratification and wants to be a, uh, you know, I, I want my, I don't want to put in the time. I want my job now. I want life. You know, I want to be an influencer. I want to be this. I want to be that. Uh, what do you say? What's your advice to that person? Well, there's a doorknob and unless you change your attitude, you're not going to get there. <laughs> what, what are they, what's, what's the secret? What does it take? Hard, it takes time. It takes hard work, perseverance, and you have to ha have a relentless pursuit to perfection. I think if, if you want to succeed. You know, one of the stories about Urban that I really liked in when we were doing this show is um, when we're doing our, our, our video thing was that he never had his name put on a building Be because he said um, I, a building, a name on a building is just a really expensive tombstone. <laughs> so instead he put his money into people and to growing things and growing lives and 40 scholarships a year, uh, presidential scholarships paid for out of the Justina fund. And those are things people don't know about that people don't know that this happened. And I think we take some of the old time leaders of this community for granted when we um, treat our town the way we treat it sometimes. Absolutely. Uh, you know, there, there are people that do things without their name attached to it or engraved on stone uh, because that's the way they want life to be, not to bring uh, the light on, focus on them. It's on the people that they want to serve. So what do you want to be remembered for? Well, uh, I, I don't know, being a good person and uh, being on the Rick Dancer show, I guess. <laughs> well, you, you already did those two. You know, well, so maybe I can be on it again. Oh, Herb, I would have you on any time. We'll call it Sage Time. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's like looking, I forward, looking forward to it. It'll be the boomer. That's me. And I don't know what area you are, but there's they, they have slang names for all of us now. <laughs> we'll, we'll find one, an appropriate one. Yes. Somebody asked me one time, or I actually I was doing a story with a man uh, called Mr. Sisters. He was a guy who just served the town of Sisters. And I asked him, what do you want to be on your epitaph on your headstone if you had one? And he said, he tried. He tried. And and my years later, I forgot all about it, Herb. And people would ask me, Rick, what do you want on your headstone? And I said, he, Rick Dancer, when I was born and when I died, and just he tried. And then I found that story with him. And I went back and looked and I went, oh, my God. He spoke that into, I mean, he's the one who said it. And I just adopted it because that's what I would love to have on mine. It's just I, I tried. I, I may not have made everybody happy, but I tried my best. What would you put on yours? What would you have on yours? And succeeded. 
Your says what? And succeeded. And su he tried <laughs> and succeeded. Herb, you are just the greatest guy, and I'm so glad that I got to finally meet you. And well, it's an honor to be on your show, and look forward to being with you again soon. All right, Herb Yamanaka, thank you so much for being here. And All right, I'll, no, I'll see you. No All right, yeah, <laughs> you got her, buddy. Thank you. Oh my gosh, how is that? Oh, golden. Yeah, Herb is a golden guy, and I, I just honestly cannot believe that I've been in this community this long. And I just got to meet him. And, and we know all the same people. It's just he was doing a different job than I was doing. But see how life kind of intersects and does that. So I hope you listen to this. If you have kids or you have people in your life um, that could use just a little shot of wisdom here and there, uh, might be something you just share it on your page and let people know so they can see that. And, um, you know, I, 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 I turned 62 at the end of June, uh, at the end of this month. And I have never experienced it at the kind of treatment of being older than I have on the internet recently, where people are calling me a boomer. And all of a sudden you're realizing I'm being discounted for my age. And I've never experienced that in my life. Um, so when you look with people like Herb and others in our community, and I'm doing this, this <clears throat> video on Ehrman, Justina, you realize that I think one of the problems we have in our country is that we're not looking to the sages. We're not looking to the ages. We're not looking to the wealth of information in our older Americans. And we're ignoring that and coming in with, you know, balls to the wall. Uh, I'm going to do it. I'm going to change the world when really the world will change when you start listening to the elders in your community. We're, this isn't new stuff. The Native Americans revered their elders. The Asians revere their elders. Most other cultures revere their elders. And here in America, uh, we throw them to the curb. Um, you're not going to throw Herb to the curb. And uh, you're not going to throw me to the curb either. So <laughs> that's the way it goes. You guys, tomorrow night, we have a great show. We have a couple of parents. It's a very sad show, but it's something we need to be talking about. Uh, we hear all this talk about fentanyl coming over the border. Uh, well, it is. And two local kids have died from it, taking half a pill, half a fentanyl pill, and they died. And their parents are very obviously heartbroken and upset. And uh, tomorrow we're going to have them on. They're having a big thing at the Capitol on Friday. So we're going to put them on tomorrow night uh, to talk about that and what this all means to them. Um, and I think that's going to be a really important show. Um, and again, our show tonight was sponsored three ways, Chris Dental, Family Dentistry. If you are looking for a new dentist, I highly recommend them. I got our teeth cleaned yesterday and they're so awesome. Any lab tests now where I get my lab work done, uh, they do 8,000 different tests and it's a really great way to have a local company and you don't have to go through your doctor. They have a doctor on staff, so I don't have to pay that extra just to go to the doctor to find out I need to have blood work done. I can have my blood work done and then go to the doctor and save myself that cost. And also Buck Sanitary Service. Um, you know, if you are having a party or having something and uh, Bucks is the people, just mention them because they're great people. and They sponsor our shows for all the things we do. All right. Uh, that's it for tonight. I am excited to have that done tonight because that is a great story. And tomorrow I will be back.
again, five o'clock tomorrow night. If you have a story or anything interesting you want to tell us about, rick at rickdancer.com is my email. That is the best way to get a hold of me. Um, and we've got, you guys, you would see my desk. I have hundreds of notes on things that we're working on to try to get on the air. I also need staff. <laughs> All right. Have a good night. We'll talk to you later. Have a good day. Go do something fun.